Apple. Are you ready to go? Sure. Okay, cool. So, uh, hello and welcome to Think Relevance, the podcast. We're recording this on Friday, January 27th, 2012, and our guest today is Larry Karnowski. Uh, I thought it would be awesome to have Larry on because he's one of the most senior people at Relevance, been around for quite a while. So he knows a lot about our culture and the way we do and have done things here. Um, more than that, Larry has sort of made it his personal mission to help bring newcomers to the company up to speed on some of the more unusual aspects of our culture. Um, also, he's a super nice guy, and he's really interesting to talk to. So with that, uh, welcome to the show, Larry. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, I think you might know that uh, we have a little tradition here. We let the guests pick the intro music and the outro music. Um, so if people are listening to that right now, what uh, what, what do you pick? So I'm... Uh... I think a lot of the things we've been talking about so far, a lot of the music we've played has, has been kind of older school. I'm going to kick it up a bit newer school, and uh, since I'm in Durham, and uh, Merge Records is here in Durham, and I'm a huge music fan, I'm going to go with some Arcade Fire. Let's start off with uh, um, Month of May from their Suburbs album. Month of May by Arcade Fire. Awesome. I'm looking forward to, haven't heard it, so I'm looking forward to finding that and uh, getting it out there for people to hear. Um, so that's cool. Uh, so, I, like you said, I know you're a huge music fan. Um, um, uh, we'll get into that later. I think. I, I how are you, man? How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. Yeah, it's uh, been a it's been a great week. Oh, good, good. So, um, I I assume you had a great week at work. Um, which is a good place to start. You know, people don't know you. What what's your job relevance? So I um wear many hats. Having started early on, I've kind of filled many roles. Um, but where I shine the most, where I feel the best, is whenever I am, um coordinating with our clients to build a product. So I do a lot of UI design, a lot of uh, what you might think of a, uh, a product manager might do in a product company. But since we're a consultancy, um, my job is kind of to help clients who don't have their own product management foo uh, to get over those humps, be able to make decisions about uh, what's going to make their users happy versus what's going to make their bottom line happy and how to, how to kind of chart those waters um, with relevance, uh, building things behind us. Right. I, I know that, I mean, there are a lot of people at relevance that have, you know, skills across various disciplines, but I, I feel like you're one of the guys that has the broadest, you know, I think you've got a little bit of designer, um, a fair amount of developer, maybe more than a little designer, uh, some coach, some analyst. And the last of those isn't even really a title at relevance. Like we don't have people that are analysts. So is it, tough for you to kind of have your irons in so many fires or to have be so multidisciplinary or a master of none right that's uh, <laughs> in a in a company full of masters so yeah it can be it can be tough but uh, i really enjoy just seeing the product from inception to finish line and sometimes you have to be able to 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 wear different hats to get that happen so sure uh, it's a lot of fun yeah um now i know that like me as a as a guy who's pretty much pure technology guy i mean you know I like. I mean, I have skills in other areas, but that's my primary focus. Is I'm a, I'm a developer, and I like to think that that's the main thing I do. On Fridays, it's easy for me. Like I go and I work on some piece of code, typically. 
Um, what do you what do you do on Fridays as, as a man who's more interested in in um, other areas of the software development process? That's a good question. So um, sometimes I'm helping other people with uh, um, design problems. Uh, a lot of times what I'm doing is because I don't spend as much time. I, you know, I've got a, a, a young child and I'm getting ready to have another mm-hmm. uh, pretty soon. I don't have as much time as some of these young guys do to, uh, and you know, by young I'm saying younger than 35, which <laughs> um, is due to, to catch up. So a lot of times on my Fridays I'm I'm catching up on tech. You know, I am trying to, to, to go out and, but it's more practicing and, and maybe studying than um, than building something new, which is it can be frustrating. I actually uh, have had a lot of uh, time to work on projects in the past. With uh, we had a uh, um, thing called the Venture Dojo, mm-hmm. which was a, um, a tech incubator of sorts, where we basically built companies uh, with entrepreneurs and partnered with them. Uh, and I learned a lot there. I was able to do a lot of that, um, and uh, that was a very fast-paced um, create UIs and business plans in a very, very uh, um, abbreviated fashion. Now that was a lot of fun. You you have a strong interest interest in startups. I mean, you when you started at Relevance, how many people were there? Uh, I think there was seven or eight. Yeah. So I mean, that would for me, it was a pretty big deal to join Relevance as a full time employee when there were twenty people. So I can't even imagine jumping on into a company that was seven people. So is that startup thing in your blood, or I mean, how did that appeal to you? Was it scary? I mean, what's the what's the deal with you and startups, Larry? So it wasn't hard jumping onto relevance. Um, I had worked for a small company before a few years ago, and it uh, went under. And you know, suddenly all my friends and and uh, kind of family away from family were taken away from me, and that that was pretty traumatizing. But you get over it, and you develop skills to deal with it, and you're not afraid of it anymore. So the startup, to me, uh, I actually see as being valuable because I can see far far ahead of someone in a big corporation if we're hitting dangerous waters uh, and I can make pl- plans accordingly um, I just see well there's a lot less people in the company you have a lot more insight into the strategic vision uh, and where we're going and what we're going to try to do than if you work at a big big company so you feel more connected is that it with startups you like that you like that sense of being more connected to the company as a whole yeah and you feel more like um, the art that you're creating um, whether it's code or uh, a design or telling a story through some sort of marketing page, whatever it is you're doing, uh, has more weight. Mm. Cool. Um, so I, th- one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today, and I mentioned this briefly up top, was you know, you've been around a while at the company. Um, you know, you, you've been really good about, and as we've grown, this has been a big issue, you've been really good about um, trying to preserve the parts of our culture that are valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a ton of stuff that we do at Relevance that you don't see at a lot of places. Um, some things that I've never seen anyplace else. Uh, and they're things that people that work here really love, or at least that I do. Um, so I just want to like blast through a list of these, and you can pick a few of them out that you want to comment on or whatever. But we have things like personal retrospectives, company retrospectives, project retrospectives. Uh, we have the sponsor program. We have buddies. We have the info sharing sessions, we've got game night, the company retreat, and even things like the tokens and stogies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you've been, like I said, involved in uh, you know, m- making sure that we keep a lot of those things. Maybe I, I know I mentioned a bunch of stuff there that people don't even understand, so just pick a couple and <laughs> you can tell people what they are and, and, how, and what you think is great about them. Well, I think that um, 
certain things like our, our project risk assessments and our project retrospectives are covered really well on the How We Work section of our website. So mm-hmm. I don't think we need to talk too much about those other than that they're great and that every time you go into one, you think, ah, we don't, we don't, do we really need to have this meeting right now? You always walk out going, oh my God, I'm so glad we had that meeting <laughs> uh, because it's just really important to think um, strategically ahead and to think uh, introspectively behind, and, and we do that on a regular basis. So those, we won't talk much about. The entire company, the retreats are fun. Um, they're kind of, we've had different kinds of retreats. Um, they're not all that different, I don't think, than, than a lot of company retreats, other than just that there may be more drinking involved in ours than, actually that might be, not be true. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we, uh, we don't have quite as many marketing people as some companies, so I think that, right. you know, we got that going. I think the most unique thing about relevance when I first when I first started was the retrospectives, the company retrospectives. And when my very first day at at uh, uh, relevance, we used to have them on Monday, so it was my very first Monday. Um, I walk in and I'm like, I can't believe that you're able to talk um, in this almost therapy session about what is going well and what's going wrong. And people were complaining and going, "This isn't working. We got to fix this." And people were getting together and really, um, you know problem solving and, and it was just amazing and when you went we went around the room and you had to give like a, a, a rating for how you felt and I we have an explicit we have an explicit version on the uh, podcast right so I can swear oh yeah go for it good um, people would say you know how do you feel and I'm like it was my first day I said I'm a pig in shit <laughs> and they looked at me and I'm like guys pigs love being in shit it's like this is great this has been able to uh, to be able to to hear the human side of this I think I think that's really where I shine and what I'm most interested in and what turns me off of other companies is that when they dehumanize you and having project retrospectives retrospectives and company retrospectives where you can be a human being and, and express pain and pleasure um, with your team, that's that's really great. And I think that all these other things have really come out of that retrospective culture. So moving a little bit more to that, the, the personal retrospective is um, something that we haven't done a lot of in relevance recently, and I'm kind of on a crusade right now to try to bring back. Um, I don't remember who did the first personal retrospective. I think when I came in, they were already doing pretty well. But uh, the idea there is that you invite some number of your coworkers to talk about you. Um, what have I done great? What have I done really poorly? Uh, and one of the things that's great about that is you're able to, because we don't have an official. Um, like personnel review process at relevance, um, you're able to get more poignant feedback, you know, more useful feedback by talking to the people that you work with day to day, not just your manager or your line manager or whatever. Um, it can be a little intimidating at times because you are kind of, you know, lowering your guard and letting people talk about you to your face. Um, but there's some strategies to, to, to make that work really well. And uh, what we generally do there and we recommend is that one is we have your relevance buddy facilitate. And I'll talk about relevance buddies in a minute, but that that's really helpful. And then we recommend that you send you, – you pick a small group of people, more, no more than five, and you send them email ahead of time saying, I want to talk about this. You know, I'm a coach and I've done these projects and I had this one problem and I want to talk about it. Or – I'm a developer, and I'm trying to be this kind of a developer, and I want you guys to tell me, am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? What could I be doing more of? What can I be doing less of? Um, and you walk out feeling really, really invigorated. So I talked a bit about relevance buddies, and I think relevance buddies are one of the most interesting things we do here other than personal retros, and something we've, we've really done really well. 
Relevance Buddies came from Rob Sanheim. Back in the day, I've been here, it'll be four years very soon, um, there were very few of us, and we all wore different hats, and almost all of us, at one point or another, were a project manager and a developer on a project. And um, I think most people who listen to the podcast know that we we pair on almost everything we do, mm-hmm. but we didn't pair on project management. And so we didn't have any other way to kind of give this support and feedback and really kind of check in. And so Rob said, I want to have a PM buddy, a project manager buddy that I'm going to check in with every week who's not on the project that I'm on, who has project management experience, and who can just hold me accountable and give me advice and someone I just check in with on a regular basis. And we liked it. We liked it a lot. And we got to the point where we needed to be able to spread this project manager foo around a bit to kind of level everybody up. And so we said, okay, if you're a PM, you got to have a PM buddy. And then some people said, you know, I don't want to be a PM, but I really want that kind of support. And I I don't even remember who it was who did it first. It's, It's been so long. And it just kind of filtered through the company and we found that it was really helpful. So a a relevance buddy is an informal process where you have one person, usually, that you meet with on a pretty regular basis, and you just check in with them. How's it going? What's your goal for this year? You're trying to move towards this. Okay, well, let's let's break down into some smaller goals. How are you, how are you moving towards that? It's, it's someone that, that can help you um, strategize, someone who can be there if things aren't going well, you know, just an outside-in view. Um, it can be very professional. It can be very unprofessional. I mean, I've I've been a buddy to several people, and I've had several people buddy for me. And I, some of the people that I've buddied for here at Relevance have gone through divorces while I was their buddy. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's something I went through years and years ago and was able to help them through that. Um, and sometimes it can be very, very personal, but it's often just sort of a, what are your goals? I don't know what my goals are. Well, let's talk about what you might want to do um, and help people grow. I, I think it's a very nurturing, really great thing. I volunteer to be the um, buddy wrangler. Uh, every few months, I go through and just I, I maintain a Google uh, Doc spreadsheet of everyone in the company and if they're buddying for someone and if they're not. And I just ask people every so often to check in. And um, one of the things I really like about it is, is that it's it's cross domain. Um, even our because now that we've grown so much that we don't we're not just techies. We have people in. Um, accounting and marketing and operations. These people are reaching out and saying, "I want buddies too." You know, I don't, I don't understand why Clojure is so great. How do I? How can I, as a non-technical person, explain to the people I work with or the people I know outside of work why Clojure is so awesome? You know, what's it good for? What's it not good for? When, when would I use Ruby? When would I use Clojure? Um, what's the company history? Why do we do this this way? And um, I don't know. I just it's just one of the the best things, and it's fun because people um, kind of drift in and out of these kind of buddy relationships, and we have all sorts of terrible uh, metaphors, as I'm sure you can imagine. Like we had a a tri buddy that was obviously we had to talk about it as a menage a trois. Or <laughs> it was a couple of us, um, three of us together, kind of buddying for each other for a while. Um, but that, you, I think you that's and I were buddies thing. for a little bit too. You, you were my buddy for a while. Yeah, it's it was great because. Uh, uh, you know, you you go for different people at different times. Uh, uh, Aaron Bedra and I, Ed, Aaron Bedra and I were buddies for a bit, and I I went to Aaron specifically because he and I have such different personalities. Um, I'm like, Aaron, I need some tough love on this man. He's like, I'm your man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Aaron was my buddy for a bit too. So, um, 
sponsors are very different. Sponsors are something we're doing new, which is a, um, it's a more formal process. It comes from the fact that we don't really have a hierarchy here at Relevance. It's very flat. Uh, and we need, we found that we needed a, not hierarchy, but we needed a way to kind of fill some of those middle management roles. Like, you know, if you're, we got so big that we couldn't all go to Maness, who's our president, to ask HR questions or um, strategy questions or, um, you know, benefits questions. We needed, we needed sort of a way to compartmentalize those uh, in, into buddies. I think actually you, because you're not a buddy, I'm sorry, sponsors, you're a sponsor, Craig. I think That's you can right. talk a bit more about that. But uh, I mean, they're experimental and they're, we're still kind of ironing that process out. As yeah. I think else. you nailed it when you said um, we wanted some of the benefits of middle management and some people are rolling their eyes right now going benefits of middle management <laughs> without the, you know, without going into the uh, the whole thing. And I, and I think it's actually really really cool aspect of relevance that we're able to look at that and go, you know, there are a number of things that, that management provides, um, you know, including like supervision, oversight, you know, decisions about salary and stuff like that to break it up into pieces and then go, you know what, the part that we really want is the part. And I, and I hopefully everyone has at one point or had a really good manager who was essentially acting as a mentor or a sounding board, very much along the lines of what you're talking about with buddies, Mm -hmm. but in a more, um, in a more structured and almost more so the buddy thing is a peer relationship the mentor thing is a peer relationship in the sense of we all have the same title or at least you know there are some managers that are also sponsors but i'm a developer and a sponsor but it's it's a little bit more of a of a mentoring relationship whereas the buddy the buddy thing i think is a little bit more of a peer relationship so and it's it's a bit different because there there is this idea that you know it's tied to compensation and the more nuts and boltsy type things of the company whereas right uh, so, like, I usually wouldn't have my sponsor um, facilitate my retro right. because my personal retro because it's just not the same relationship. Whereas with a buddy, it's usually someone that I've talked about at length about my goals and, you know, my my personal brand and the company, what I'm trying to, you know, to set forth people know me for. And um, having them facilitate my retro is a second pair of eyes and ears. It's it's difficult when you're having a personal retro to to kind of be a little bit uh, objective because it's directly about you and your performance, and you can be a bit emotional. Um, even the best of us can be that way. And so it's really helpful to have someone who is your advocate, who knows what you're going to be concerned about, and who you can discuss it with uh, afterwards. Um, so I really recommend people have their buddy do their personal retro facilitation. Mm. Yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, I I've, I did a personal retro. It's been a while. I'm probably coming up on on time to do another one, but I, I found it super helpful. Um, and that's another – you bring up another interesting aspect, which is that uh, whenever possible at Relevance, we like to have meetings be facilitated and quite mm-hmm. often by someone who's not involved at all. You, you, know, you, you mentioned that your buddy might be the facilitator for your personal retro. Well, quite often your buddy is not someone that you're working with on a daily basis, and so they – and you know, if we have a project retro, we'll often bring in somebody, say from sales or someone who wasn't involved in the project at all, to facilitate. And, and we find that practice to be pretty helpful. Was that something that that you had a hand in shaping that practice, or bringing outside people in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't think so. I, I mean, I've I went to some f- uh, facilitation training, uh, which is some great stuff. Esther Esther Darby is uh, really well known for that, and we went to some of her training was was excellent. Uh, she's the one who wrote, uh, I think, with 
I can't think of her co-author who wrote the Agile Retrospectives book for uh, um, um, for the Prague Progs. It was, mm. It's a really good book. But uh, um, we did some of those training, and we, we found that um, we had a really good relationship with another company um, uh, here in town. They're, they used to be called Changing Course, and now they're called Proveop. And they're, uh, one of their head guys out there is a great facilitator, and we invited him in just to kind of bring in some new blood on our project retros, and that worked so well that we started doing it everywhere. And I, I don't remember if that was the exact cause or what. Um, but yeah, it's just good to have fresh eyes and have someone who's who doesn't have skin in the game. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, this is the time when you want someone who doesn't have skin in the game is when you're when you're facilitating. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so um, the wow, you covered you, that was great. You managed to cover like the whole list. I threw out like nine things, and you went through most of them. Well, I'm I'm part of the the relevance welcome wagon, and so <laughs> whenever someone new comes in, uh, I try to have a kind of an informal buddy lunch with them, just to kind of introduce them to all these concepts, and then um, set them up with someone to be their buddy for long term. So yeah, I've got some, I've got some practice with this. Yeah. I think the only one we didn't mention was uh, tokens, or Which sometimes stogies. called them stogies. Yeah. Yeah. So those those are a lot of fun. I think I think this was might have been a Justin Getlinism. I'm not sure who came up with this, but uh, um, we've been doing it for a little over a year. I think it was the end of 2010 when we first started doing this, and I, I think it's genius. The idea is is that once a month, everyone in the company can send one token, or what we call a stogie, um, to anyone. It can be a coworker, it can be a client, um, it could be a vendor that we work with, it could be anybody. And the idea is, is that you send an email to the uh, the company saying, I'm giving this stogie to this person and here's why. They were awesome because of this. And that translates to a $100 Amazon gift certificate. And we've just found that that's just, it's great. You get to celebrate people for being awesome in unexpected ways, um, publicly for the whole company to see. You know, we uh, we have a strong uh, history of what we call appreciations mm-hmm. in our retros, and um, I facilitated many a retro, and I found that um, you usually want to put your appreciations in the end at the end of a retro if you can, uh, especially if it's a tough retro. Some retros can be. Um, they're a lot like therapy, right? They're like like family therapy or group therapy. They can be kind of tough. You can get kind of a negative um, vibe at the end. People are feeling bad because they've been talking about this tough problem and, and there's you know, emotions are high. Having appreciations, which are, I, Larry, appreciate Craig for being for running the podcast. Um, that is a specific appreciation. We do those in in our retrospective meetings, but but this token is is sort of a, you know, double extra large um, appreciation, and you can only do one of those a month, and it has a monetary value. Right. And I just—it's really funny how creative people have gotten. Uh, the language can get really flowery or or really fun whenever they're they're sending these emails. Yeah. Uh, you know, you talked about tough retrospectives, and from my perspective, those are the. Those are the ones that are the best because you know quite often a project is going well and you go in and you identify a few areas that are that are minor that could use improvement and that's good. But it's the ones where you come in and you're like, you know what, this thing really wasn't working, or or even better in my opinion, when someone surprises you by saying something really wasn't working. Um, and I, and I, I mention this because there's sort of a pattern, and I know you've seen this quite a bit, where people will come on to relevance and they'll they'll go to their first retrospective maybe it's a company-wide retrospective 
and you know if if it's a if it's a smaller one you'll get to go around and say well i thought this retrospective was a 5 out of 10 which is you know met expectations or whatever and it's very common for people that are new to the company to say this was an 8 right where 8 is calibrated to this is the best thing that's ever happened to me at work mm-hmm. right um and and i think it's really interesting so, so i wanted to, to touch on it right that people who haven't experienced these before think they're so wonderful and then further that the ones that I think are the best are the ones where you actually talk about stuff that really was not great, right? Is, have you? I'm, I'm sure you've had the same experience. Is that, does that sound right to you? Or Absolutely. And what's funny is, is that um, we've grown considerably in the past few years and that people will come in and they'll have a couple of sunshine and kitty cats, everything sunshine and kitty cats sort of retrospectives, and then people are like, oh, this is great. And they have a really tough retrospective and not having – this feeling of support from other companies, you know, people get really worried. They're like, oh my God, it's, you know, everyone's angry. What's, what's going on? <laughs> and we had one a little bit ago and I'm like, hey guys, this just happens. Like every six months, there's something comes out that everyone's upset about or everything's worried about and it comes out through a retro and, and then you feel really cleansed and happy after. Um, and yep. it, yeah, it's a little shocking. It's a little, it's a little, but, but yeah, but, but most of us have been here for a while you know, we know that this happens and that, you know, that's the whole point of retros is that they do get ugly. Right. And better still, um, and this is one of the great things about relevance culture, is that when those things come up, you know, where where a lot of us are engineers, we immediately go, how can we fix this? <laughs> I mean, the, the example I could think of was, you know, we used to have, this was at the very beginning of my tenure, well into your tenure, um, Every morning, we would have a 15-minute stand-up meeting for the whole company. Um, and as we Which grew- was like 30 people, 20, 25, 30 people, yeah. Right. I think we got up to about 20 people, and it became unwieldy. And so we had a retro at which somebody said, stand-up is not working anymore. And like within it seemed to me, I mean, as a newcomer to the company, it seemed to me it was almost instantaneous. I think it was within a week. We had split the company into two teams mm-hmm. and had team-based retros every morning until- and ran that experiment, but it was like it blew my mind that that a company could be that, and I'll use this word intentionally, agile with its mm-hmm. culture, and just say, okay, this is not working. We need to do something different. And I think that's uh, th- that was it. Just it just totally, like I said, blew my mind. Yeah, we we're really big on making new mistakes here. We don't mind iterating and trying new things. Um, we didn't. We don't. We like making new mistakes. It's the old mistakes that we've made over and over again that piss us off. <laughs> right. We, we like making new mistakes, and we tried that for a while, and we learned a lot, uh, and we found out that there were aspects of that that we really liked, and there were aspects that were unnecessary. And so we changed that. We didn't have these two big teams anymore. Um, we just. I think we reorganized the way we did project standups. I'm sorry, company standups, and uh, we created a new once a week lunch that everyone comes to and can talk about all the different projects through the company. And we feel that actually got a lot of the, uh, the good stuff that we needed. And, you know, we've had problems with that meeting too, and we'll talk about it and what can we do better. And that's the whole point of not just being agile, you know, in software, but agile in, in process, really mm-hmm. people over process, figuring out what works. And as you get more people in the mix, things change. Sure. I mean, Alistair Coburn wrote this great paper um, where he did all this research about um, the right kind of agile processes before there was even an agile term. And they found that every 
um, team of software people they would go to had a different process. And if you tried to enforce them to do a different process, one, it didn't, they didn't want to do it. And two, it didn't help them any because, mm-hmm. you know, a process is basically built on the number of people that are in that team and the way that they interact. And right. that's always changing, especially as you're adding and removing people. That's cool. Um, well, we're, we're kind of drawn down here, and I, I don't think that I could have Larry on the podcast without talking a little bit about music. Because <laughs> uh, I know you're big into it. You actually run um, one of the cool things that happens at Relevance, which is Guitar Lunch. Yes. Uh, can you talk about that for a minute? So I, I live in North Carolina. I grew up in Tennessee, and um, I... I'm trying to how to give this away. I, I, I was in a bluegrass band for a while, and probably people don't quite know what that means. Bluegrass is just it's basically it's a jam music. It's really it's it's meant to be it's really simple music that's that has a has simple rules. And the idea there is is that people can just even though if they've never played the song before, they've never heard the song before, and they've never played together, you can sit down and you can play together. Um, and it's just it's really empowering, and I, I really love that. And I was in a band for a while, and haven't been able to do that. And there are a lot of musicians at, at Relevance. I think that uh, creative people and and software people and programmers, you know, they tend to be musicians. And um, we would have uh, jams at, at different parties and different company get-togethers. And I was like, I just want to play music with these guys every week. And so we. Uh, Created a, a million. It's pretty funny, actually. I, we did it kind of tongue and uh, tongue and cheek, but um, we send stand up notes. So we every day we have yeah. stand up on our projects, and we send stand up notes every day, an email that just covers for anyone who couldn't make the stand up or to, to refresh our memory later on. You know what we did in the stand up for both us and the client. And so I started sending stand up notes for our our guitar lunches. That uh, here's who attended, and here's the songs we played, and what key, and and here's a link to a uh, an online playlist that you can hear the songs we played, uh, the original versions, and it's been fun. We've had people come and go. Uh, we have a lot of remoters here at Relevance who come. You're a remoter. Yep. Um, and when they come down, they try to play. We've got we had a a, a core of like three or four guys, and um, I don't know. It just it's just a jam session. Yeah. No, I love. I actually like. I I really like it in the stand up notes. I mean. It's the sort of thing that if if I were there on a Monday, which is rare for me, as you've noted, I travel on Mondays quite frequently, um, then uh, then I would totally do it. But uh, but just getting the stand-up notes is neat. It just really it helps me feel connected for one thing, like I'm part of it somehow. So. Yeah, actually, we just we just changed the day today. Actually, we're we're going to start doing them on Wednesdays because so many remoters travel on Monday and can't make the Monday lunch. That we're going to make sure that we do that in the middle of the week. Well, great. I'll have to make sure I bring an instrument next time. Bring your bass, yeah. Absolutely. Come down, down jam. Awesome. Um, well, so I, I think we're it's time to about wrap it up. But I want to I want to um, ask you if there's anything you want to mention, anything else that, that that you're working on that you want that you want to talk about, or any any calls out you want to give, or you know music you'd like to make sure people listen to, or anything at all you'd like to say, as long as you've got the mic here. Uh. I just would like to say that uh, uh, one of the things I'm really excited most about Relevance right now is that, I mean, we've always been um, known for our tech savviness. Um, I don't think people realize our design savvy, mm-hmm. and I'm really glad to see um, that kind of blossoming here, especially things like the, uh, uh, the our redesign of our website that went out a couple weeks ago, and, and uh, we're being invited to a lot more design conferences, and uh, it's just really fun to see the the human artistic side of the tech come in as well as the science and the uh, uh, you know 
the cold hard tech, all of it together. That's that's what I'm passionate about. Is is where those where intersection. What what, what did uh, Steve Jobs said the uh, technology and the humanities, and that's we're really we are that company um, more than some people think. So. Yeah, no, I totally agree. We just in fact the episode that I was working on editing. Right before I was talking to you was an interview with uh, Michael, Michael Parento, right, exactly, mm-hmm. who's a head of our design department. And uh, we talked on that episode about, um, you know, the intersection of humanity and technology. And, and I think really you could even say that was a part of the conversation we had on episode one with Justin. Uh, so it's definitely emerging as a theme as I talk to various people around the company. And, it, and it's, it's, as you say, part of our culture, too. I think it's an important one to remember. It's All a right. lot of fun. Yeah, cool. So, um one more question to ask you then, Larry, which is uh, what what are we listening to on the way out here? So I'm going to uh, uh, stay on the same album, just thematically. It sounds a little different, uh, but it's the same album, same band. Let's go with uh, Arcade Fire with uh, Sprawl 2, which is uh, Mountains Beyond Mountains. It's a song about working for a uh, um, dehumanizing, um, terrible company. <laughs> <laughs> Sort of an anti theme song, right? An anti theme song. All right, awesome. Well, people listening to that right now. Well, Eller, I thank you very much for taking the time. I'm super glad you came on. Uh, like I said, you're you're awesome to talk to. You've been doing a great job um, promoting the culture of relevance, and I'm really glad that you get a chance to to talk to people a little bit about about that culture, so that they can maybe understand a tiny bit of um, of what makes it working here so great. Uh, so I appreciate your time, and uh, I'd love to have you back again and talk about. Uh, music or other things you've been working on or whatever else uh, whatever else comes up I appreciate it I want to I want to end with one thing one of the things that uh, Justin Getlin always did uh, at the end of our stand-ups and we still do is that at the end of a stand-up we always say go team <laughs> all right well, should we do it on three that's right all right one two three go, go team. team all right thanks again Larry and we'll talk thanks to everybody again next time on the podcast thanks for listening bye Thank mm-hmm. you.